Well, I just want to dive into, into God's word this morning, and, and we're not going to take a ton of time to do it. Um, it's something that God has been stirring on my heart for about two or three weeks um, after I received the, the call from Johnny about, about filling in this morning um, and just praying and just seeking the Lord about what to share with Mercy Hill. I always have such an, a, a great time when I come here um, and when I share with you all. It's just always um, just really encouraging to me um, when I'm here with you um, because there's just this response normally that I've been able that I've received afterwards has been so encouraging. I just want to um, just let you guys know that that I mean it's it's great to come into um, a, a church where you literally even though you don't worship with each other on a weekly basis you feel like you're still part of family. You know you still feel very much accepted and welcomed and and loved and and I do feel that um, when I come here. So I do want to commend you all um, with that because I, I, it's really encouraging and it's and it's really uh, it's really fantastic. Um, but I was reminded of this illustration, and I want to share it, um, just kind of leading up to, to what God wants to share with us this morning, um, because I think there is this word for you. Um, and, and I usually, when I try to share, whatever I'm going to speak or share, I'm always praying, God, what do you want um, the specific people to hear? You know, so, you know, and I think sometimes it's different at Living Word or if I'm at cross point. Um, you know, or here, and so I, I want God to be specific in the word that he's giving, uh, and I think that that's the case this morning. Uh, and there's this illustration that goes, and many of you heard it, and kind of in light of all the rain we've had this couple weeks, and uh, I work on the north side of Chicago in the Albany Park neighborhood, and so if you guys heard anything about the news, I mean, we had complete, there were areas where cars were completely submerged underwater, um, and being where I work for the Salvation Army, of course, we have our units that are out to provide support um, to those who are, are in those kind of situations. Um, but the flooding was pretty severe um, in, in some of those areas, uh, in some of the western suburbs, northwest suburbs, the plains, others. And so I've kind of this idea of the flood, obviously, was very strong in my mind over the past few weeks. Um, and there's this, this, this illustration, um, this story, I, um, that goes um, about this man who was uh, caught in a flood. And you may have heard this before. It's, it's been around a long time. Um, but I, I love the illustration. Uh, and he's on the roof of his house, and he's praying, and he's saying, Lord, please rescue me. And I mean, I think many of us, if we were in a situation like that, that would be our prayer. And so as he's praying, and he's just really crying out to the Lord, you know, this guy in his boat comes by. And he's like, hey, man, come and jump in the boat. I can get you to safety. And this guy in the, on the roof says, no, no, you go ahead. I've been praying for the Lord. I'm waiting for the Lord to rescue me. And all of a sudden, this helicopter comes, you know, and it's dropping the ladder. It's like, hey, grab a hold of the ladder. You know, we're going to pull you to safety. He's like, no, no, no. You go ahead. You go ahead. I'm praying to the Lord. I know the Lord's going to rescue me. And so I just, just kind of share that little kind of quip, that little illustration, because I think sometimes um, we look, um, The Lord sends the answer right to us, and we miss it because we're looking for signs and wonders from heaven. Sometimes that sign and that wonder from heaven comes in, the very, in a very basic package. It's, it's right in front of our faces, but we miss it because we're looking for some grand something. 
And I think this morning, as I'm sharing this word, and it's going to be something that you've heard before. It's not going to be anything, I don't think, I don't feel like it's going to be anything packaged in any grand kind of fashion or form. It is just going to be a simple word that you've heard from God that I think if we pay attention, God wants to use it to bring some rescue in our lives. He wants to use it to to free up some things in our lives. He wants to use it to to bring us to a better place, to a higher place, to to a place where he can use us in in even more amazing ways. And so we're just going to open God's word and we're going to open to Joshua chapter one. And this is very basic stuff. And this is like, you know, a story that we probably you probably taught downstairs to your kids, um, to the kids. and And you probably taught at home or maybe around your devotions or something like that. I mean, this is this is this is kind of. Some good stuff. And I think if we are ready to open our hearts and our minds, the Lord wants to take this very basic story. And it's not basic. I probably shouldn't use that word because there's there's nothing in the word of God that's basic at all. Um, But this very common story that we've heard, and he wants to open it up to our lives in some new and, and unique ways. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, we just pray that as we open your word, Lord, that your word would come into us, Lord, and that it would bring freedom, it would bring hope, it would bring a joy, Lord, it would renew our strength, Lord, that there would be um, just this feeling of being able to conquer, Lord, because of your word. And Lord, sometimes we wait for answers to come, and, and we're waiting for them to come through all different means, Lord, but It is just your word, Lord, that that you bring so many answers to us. God, make us a people that hunger and thirst for your word, Lord. Make us a people that want to open your word and see what you have for us, Lord. Make us a people that won't close the pages until you tell us, until you show us something new. Lord, I pray that in these just few brief moments that we have this morning, that we would lay claim to the land, Lord, that you want to give us. Lord, that we would take hold of some promises that only you can fulfill. Speak to us this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So Joshua chapter 1. We're going to kind of do, um, we're going to flip to a, a number of passages this morning um, just because I, I, I really want to kind of build in us and, and, instill, and be intentional about um, looking in God's word and opening God's word and loving God's word and, and being able, having the opportunity to look at like the history uh, that is all reflective of God's word and, and, and it's really cool stuff. Um, so I'm going to have to talk fast um, because I definitely want to respect your time and I say that I think every time I come and I don't know if I necessarily do that very well. Um, but I'm going to continue to try. So it's kind of fun whenever you see the, all these little orange little tabs, and you know, because I'm like, all right, I got to figure out ways to save time some way. So I like mark them so that I can get to them faster. So I don't, I don't want to take a ton of time flipping through pages. I actually want to, you know, us to be diving in. Um, but let's just set the stage. So many of you are kind of aware of this. Like I said, this is this is um, things. This is a, a, a uh, passage that I'm pretty sure many of you are familiar with. But Moses is dead kind of a morbid way to start that, but it's the truth. That's kind of where it starts in Joshua 1. Um, That Moses, um, who had led the people of Israel, who God had called um, to specifically for this purpose, and led them out of of captivity, led them out of Egypt, um, and well, by a 
by circumstances, and we won't get too much into it. Um, the people end up punished, and they have to wander in the desert for 40 years until an entire generation dies off before they're able to, to fulfill the promise of God to, to step into the promised land. And so we're kind of at that stage where um, this generation has died off, Moses is dead, um, and there's the kind of the new man who's, who's taken over, um, the kind of new leader in town, Joshua, and he's going to be the one that's going to lead the people of Israel into the promised land. And so I want us to just kind of look at who this Joshua is. Um, I think there's going to be some real truth that God wants to bring out um, in that. And, well, before we do that, actually, um, we got to look at this idea of the promise of God. If you turn real quick to Exodus chapter 3, there was a very clear word that was given to Moses by the Lord himself. And in that word, as you guys recall, this is way back, the burning bush story or the burning bush event that happened. And so there's this time when God has called Moses, and Moses, you know, is in front of the Lord in in the form of this burning bush that is speaking to Moses. Um, And there he is, and it says, when the Lord, um, let me see, verse, uh, we'll start uh, Exodus 3, verse 5. says, do not come any closer, God said, take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Peritzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Uh, one of the, the key kind of compelling notes about um, where we are in Joshua from where that happened in Exodus is that God made a promise that day. He made a promise that he was going to free his people from captivity and not just stop there, but that they would ultimately step foot into the promised land. This land of, of, of plenty, this land of blessing, this land of, of space, this, this land flowing with milk and honey. That there would be provision and resources in this land. It, it would, it's going to be a place that's supple, that's prepared for them. And there's a lot of years that happens between Exodus chapter 3 and Joshua 1. Here's the key. God's promise never changed. God's promise was still the same. And the, the, the steps that it took to fill, there were a lot of things that happened between Exodus 3 and Joshua 1. I mean, there were, there were the Israelites who were faithful one minute and, and they were not the next minute and there, were, there was punishments that happened. There were all kinds of things that happened during that time that the promise of God didn't change and God never wavered from his desire to reach or to fulfill his promise. Some of you, 
Some of us need to know that God's promise never changes in our lives. And things get discouraging, and things get difficult, and things get hard, and life throws curveballs. And I'll tell you, if you read through the text in, in the, about the children of Israel, man, you can see very clearly all the different things that had to happen that we won't have the time to go into, but I encourage you to read it. And there were so many different detours and derails and obstacles and bumps along the road. But God said, I am going to take my children and place them in the promised land. And at no point during all of that did that promise change. Neither did his resolve to see this fulfilled change. We have to grab hold of. We have to get a firm grasp of the fact that God's promise for us does not change. And that God wants to fulfill his promises in our lives, regardless of the circumstances that we are in at this moment. I think it's a very poignant point that Steve Sudworth, who spoke to us this weekend, says, you know, we will, at some point in our lives, we will stand where we will be able to look back and we will see all of the pitfalls and obstacles that happen in our lives, and we will be standing on the other side of it saying, and I see how God used each and every one of those things to bring me to the point where I am right now. But people get discouraged and quit along the way when they don't grab hold of if God's promise is true and real and he is ever he is never changing then I can confidently walk through these things they're difficult things they're hard things they're things that I need brothers and sisters to come around me and walk with me through but I can confidently walk through those things cry through those things spend time on my knees through those things because I know that my God will fulfill his promises. And that should give us reason. That should give us a, a, a need in our heart that we can, we can stand up just a little bit taller, even though the weight of things is pressing us down. That we can push up just a little bit more because we know, man, what an awesome God we serve. What an awesome God we have. And so after the death of Moses, verse 1, sorry, back in Joshua chapter 1, Servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses 8, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give you to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I am with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now that promise, I mean, it comes with a lot of great points and features to it. You know, I mean, there's, there's, there's some really kind of cool stuff. I mean, he's saying, you know, hey, get people ready. It's time. They've been wandering in the desert for 40 years. They had heard about the promise that God had given when he provided all the plagues that happened in Egypt and all the things, and Pharaoh finally softened Pharaoh's heart, and Pharaoh said, let him go, and he let the people go. And, of course, then Pharaoh tried to send the army to bring him back. We all know how that whole scene ended. So there's a lot of things, but there's a lot of things in here where God's like, get your people ready because I'm about to do something else miraculous. You see, just letting them out of Egypt wasn't, wasn't all that obviously God had done. 
I mean, and those, those plagues, you know, doing, bringing the plagues on and all those things were pretty miraculous things, and they were pretty amazing things. But God's sustaining grace through the 40 years of wandering is also a miracle that God did in that time. Has God sustained you? I mean, just think about it. Just think about it personally, about God's sustaining grace during your most difficult moments. I mean, we could have person after person stand up and testify that I was in a moment of deep prayer for something, for someone, and then maybe that prayer is still not answered fully yet, but God's sustaining grace during this time has been able to keep you where it's like, it's just hard, and, and I want this to be different. But God, thank you for providing the, the strength that I need for today. You know, I mean, I, I would think there's a kind of got real discouraged as, as their kids are wandering through. I mean, we're basically waiting for all of their parents to die off at this point, basically. I mean, an entire generation has to die off. And so these kids are wandering, and it's kind of like, when is this wandering going to end? When are we ever going to, to receive this promise that we've heard talked about by Moses time and time again? When is it going to come? And we finally get to Joshua. It's like, get the people ready. Some of you need to hear. That time's going to come. Get ready. Get ready. Because God is going to give you that land. He is going to give you the promise. I pray for my brother, my little brother. I love my little brother dearly, but I pray for him, and I've been praying for him years as he's been overtaken by, the, by, this, by homosexuality and feeling like this is the lifestyle in which God has for him. And, and I just pray, and I just say, God, Lord, in this time of just seeking you and, and just kind of feeling like there is this kind of wandering in the desert sense for him and for me, as one praying and lifting him up, but God sustains every day, every day that it gets hard. Well, I want to say, God, you are not capable. God, you can't do it. Because if you could do it, you would do it. I mean, we're on our knees. We're praying. We're crying tears out to you, asking you to move. And every day, God is just giving me the grace I need for that day. Continue to stand in the gap for your little brother. Continue to press in for your little brother, even though at this moment he can't even press in on, him, on it by himself. And so there's this truth in Joshua. There's this kind of same thing that as they're going through this and as, as God was giving things and, and continuing to, to use Moses, and now he's kind of handed the mantle on for Joshua. And as these people have been wandering for all of these years, he finally says, get ready, get ready, get ready, because now you will take the land. And I pray and I wait for that moment because I know that moment will come as well. When I may hear, and in this lifetime, I may hear and I believe in faith for my little brother to say, man, I don't know what happened, but that lifestyle just doesn't appeal to me anymore. And man, when it is time for us to walk across that line in that promised land, and I will fly to California and I will say, and I will walk with you. But you know, it's got, got we sicker. That there is faith that comes when you serve a God who not only gives promises, but fulfills them. 
when you serve a God who, who not only can, can build something in my heart so strong for my brother whom I love so much, but actually come through. We need to be a body of believers that knows, that believes, that trusts in the promises of God. We do. And some of you are praying for loved ones. And some of you are praying for friends. And some of you are just, you're on your knees and you're saying, God, why does this feel so hard and it just feels so difficult and it just feels so, and God each day is sustaining you. And every day, he's giving you new mercies and new grace. And he's saying, just keep on, just hold on, just hold on, keep pressing in, keep standing in the gap. Keep, just wait on me. Wait on me. The time is going to come, and I'm going to tell you, and it's going to just get ready because that time's going to come. And when it's time to take the land, be ready because you're going to walk in. And that's what he says when we move to verse 6. So he tells Joshua, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Then he goes in verse 7, be strong and very courageous. Have you ever had to be strong and courageous for somebody who couldn't be strong and courageous for themselves? I mean, I know parents, that's, that's kind of a big part of our role a lot of times. It's in those moments that get difficult for our kids, we kind of have to be strong and we have to, you know, sometimes, especially as your kids get older and you don't even know the answer, you don't know how things are going to turn out. But you're very, you just have to be strong and courageous for them. And you have to say those words that are hard to say when you don't really know the answer, when you really don't know how it's going to turn out. And you say those words, and many of you have probably said it. You've said, it's going to be okay. And all you can do is stand on the promise of God that he is going to keep your children. Because all you can say is, it's going to be okay. And when you turn your back kind of away from the situation, you fall to your knees and you pray. God, please make it okay. There's a sense with Joshua where God is saying, as he's saying, we're going to take this land. And he's saying, but you have to be strong and courageous, not even just for yourself because you're going to lead these people. But you have to be strong and courageous for a people that are going to have to follow you because there is kind of a history there. I mean, if you think back and we could I was going to have us look at the scripture, but but just think back in the story when they sent the 12 to go and check on the land and they were supposed to report back to Moses. And you guys kind of remember that scene at all? You know, so they said, you know, they were kind of, they were at their kind of same place. They were standing, they were looking over, and they said, send 12 spies and tell us if we can go in and conquer this land. And so the 12 go, and Joshua's one of them, and Caleb is the other, you know, is one. And there's 10 others that go, and they have one from each of the tribes, from the 12 tribes, right? And they go, and they come back, and all 10, there's 10 of them that are like, dude, these are giants. We're going to get crushed. Let's not even think about it. It's not going to happen. And then there's the two, there's Caleb and there's Joshua, and they come back and they're like, we can do it. You know, it's kind of like this, you know, so they have this like, so there's a history here of like people standing kind of at the edge, looking over into the promised land and feeling like there's no way. There's no way. And so he's telling Joshua, that's why this becomes even more poignant at this moment, is he's telling Joshua, you have to be strong and courageous because if there's any doubt in anyone following you, you are going to have to be strong and courageous for them. And that's why he even comes back and says it again. Be strong and very courageous. 
Because we, here's the, cook, the kicker about the promised land, is that even though God promised them the land, they still had to go into the land and conquer. It was not a gift wrap situation. We look for gift wrap situations. I mean, that's how I know God's in it, right? God's in it if everything is worked out perfectly. So that all I got to do is just walk, and there it is, right there with a big bow on it. And I say, hey, thank you, Lord. But no, there was this promise that he was going to give them the land, but there was still, in after them walking across the Jordan River, there was still work to be done. They still had to press in. They still had to conquer. They still had to seek the Lord. And so do you know what it takes for that kind of faith to not only walk into the land that you know is given to you? Due to computer trouble, we are missing part of this recording, but it will continue in just a moment. Meditate on it day and night. So it's not just enough to be strong and courageous. And being strong and courageous are those really kind of cool, like macho words, especially for us men that we love to hear. Be strong, courageous. Yes, I can, you know, take a spider, you know, and kill it for my wife. And I'm strong and courageous, you know, and I'm willing to do that for you, dear, just as long as it's not a bat or a real rat, because then, well, that's a whole different story. But anyways... But we like the strong and courageous part. I mean, that's our, I can do this. All right, I will be the rock for my family. That's us men. But then he says, but that's not enough. And this is where sometimes it gets a little bit hairier for us. Then he says, do not let the word of God depart from you. Meditate on it day and night. Men, specifically, because we had a fantastic men's retreat. Are we men of the word of God? You've got to be strong and courageous. You've got to set vision. You've got to be able to press in and focus and say, we're going to go in this way. We know God's promise is for good things for us. We know the plans he has for us, right? Jeremiah 29, 11. I mean, we know that scripture. But the fulfillment of that is be strong and courageous because you're going to lead and then be men and women of the word of God. We cannot separate the two. We don't get to just be the macho without having the fuel to actually propel us to what God has called us to. I mean, the Psalms. Psalm 1. And we turn it real quick, and I'm just... I mean, the Psalms are amazing, and they're super long, and there's tons of them, and you kind of read them, and it's an entire middle section of the Bible, and it's like, man, there's so many great songs in here, and so many great things to say, but it starts. We got to kind of take a little stock on how you kind of start something, because there's probably some really kind of, you know, something important. If this is like the first thing that comes to somebody's mind when they're writing this song, you know, and it says, blesses a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit at the seat of mockers, but... Verse 2, his delight is in the law of the Lord. Huh, same words. He meditates on it, or and on his law, he meditates day and night. That man is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in season, whose leaves do not weather, whatever he does prospers. How amazing is that? That as people who are partakers, who ingest 
the word of God, who meditate on it day and night. There is this sense of power that comes from the word of God. I'm going to tell you, how do we know the promises of God if we don't open up his book and allow him to reveal his promises to us? I mean, seriously, unless the Lord is going to give you a burning bush situation like he gave Moses. And if he does, that's fantastic. But if he does not give you a burning bush that when you walk up to your drive, your house and your front door and the bush sitting on the side and all of a sudden it lights on fire and the Lord's God speaks to you. If it doesn't, he has given you his promises in his word. Therefore, unless we are men and women who meditate on the word of God day and night, we don't even know the promises of God to take hold of them. To claim them for our own. To to have a reason to be strong and courageous. Let's not just let reading the word of God be a Sunday morning function. Can I say that again? Let's not let opening the word of God be a Sunday morning function. We are so blessed that everyone can have a word of God in our hands. Kind of talked about it a little bit this weekend. I mean, you men remember that where it said there was a time when everyone didn't have a Bible. So the idea of like personal devotion like really didn't exist back in those days because, I mean, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't like, you know, everybody just had a word that they can open on their own. So it was really kind of more of a community kind of experience to open the word of God because there may be one in a village or a town or whatever. We are so far removed from that. Let's open our words. Let's drink from it daily so that we know the promises that God has already promised. So then we can be strong and courageous and we can march ahead and we can lead our families and we can lead those around us because we know the promises of God. We know that he will fulfill his promises in our lives and we can stand on that confidently. Let me wrap up. Sorry. So he says it again. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. There's a lot of do nots. For the Lord your God will be with you forever. Okay, that was my paraphrase. It's wherever you go. But I like the idea forever too. Do not be afraid. Don't be terrified. Don't be discouraged. And it's so easy when you're going through it, when you're getting in that wandering time of your life to get discouraged and to think God's not there and to think he doesn't care and to think, why am I going through this? And I'm a child of God and things are supposed to be good. And where is my land flowing with milk and honey? And he's saying, I promised you that I have a plan for you. And it's not a plan for you to fail, but it's a plan for you to prosper, for you to succeed. And he says, I have that promise for you, but you can't get discouraged. You are called to be strong and courageous. And why do you get to be strong and courageous in the midst of such obstacles in our lives? Because I, the Lord your God, am with you wherever you go. That is a promise from God to us. That he will be with us that he will walk through the difficulties with us. 
that there is this sense that we get to to kind of confidently walk with God through difficulty to reach promises that he has for us. That we get to take the land. That he says, get ready, because we're going to take the land, because we're going to go. I promised it, and I always fulfill my promises. And some of you need to hear this. Some of you need to know this truth. Some of you need to grab a hold of it and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. As it kind of was spoken, I think we prayed about this morning, that this, this morning would just be about us being able to just say, yes, Lord. Kern said it about just yes, Lord, to the next step that God is walking us through. He's with us. We don't do it alone. Because if we're doing it on our own power, we're in trouble. I mean, I'm a pretty big guy, and I, I, I used to, well, I say, let me say used to, because I'd lie if I say I can't. I used to be able to lift a lot of weights, you know, and I mean, I could, you know, I felt strong, and, you know, I could do stuff, and, you know, playing a football team, and, you know, knock somebody over, and it was, I could do that kind of stuff. And the physical things, great. Somebody break down a car, need me to push it, man, I, you want me to push on the highway? I could run. I'd probably get you up to 60 miles an hour. What do you need? I could do this. <laughs> But I'll tell you, you deal with a brother struggling like mine, and this does nothing. My friends come to tell me about their, 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 the mother-in-law just got an email about a mother, his mother-in-law, whom they said the chemo didn't work, and there's nothing they can do. Andy, will you pray for me? Pray for our family. This There are so many circumstances in our lives that your brawn and your strong will cannot, cannot handle. So that's why when it says, for I, the Lord, your God, am with you to to the end, wherever you go, whatever happens, I'm with you. His strength we can count on. Mine is failing. I learned that playing volleyball. My strength is failing. But when I am weak, then he is strong. And so that is why we get to claim, we get to lay siege, we get to hold on to these promises that God has given us. That is why we get to confidently step. That is why I could tell you, get ready, because the Lord is going to move you into a better place. He's going to move you into a place where he's going to fulfill promises in your life. And we get to say yes to that. We get to be joyful about that. We get to be excited about that. I pray with renewed faith for my little brother because of the strength of God. Because my strength can't change it. But oh my God can. How amazing is it that we serve a God like that? God, you're good. I just want to share one final thing. And I, you, I'm sorry. Second Peter one four, and they don't they don't have this on the on the screen. I just want to just I just wanted to read you. I have a few verses I want to read. This is from the New Living Translation, so it, it'll sound a little different, a little weird. But I wanted something that if there are kids or anybody in the room, they, this could be clearly understood. Second Peter one four says, and because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises for his glory and 
his excellence. That we even have these promises. How awesome is that? I just want to read some of God's promises to you. And if you want to close your eyes and just meditate on the words, if whatever you want to do, it doesn't, it, it's, I'm not, but I just want to read some of the promises of God. Some of the words that are written in the word of God that God has spoken to you and he says, these are promises that I will fulfill. New Living Translation again, all of these. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Matthew eleven twenty eight twenty nine. 29. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in spirit, and you will find rest for your souls. Isaiah 40, 29 to 31. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youth will become weak and tired. Even young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Philippians 4.19, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which has been given to us in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.37-39, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Proverbs 133 but all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. I am leaving you a gift, Joshua or John 14, 27. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 6, 23, final one. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Those are promises of God that we can hold on to. Those are promises of God that we can grab a hold and know that the Lord himself is going to fulfill his promises, that he's going to provide rest that he is going to strengthen us when we need it. That, I mean, those things that, things that we could take to the bank if you want a more contemporary term. So I say to us this morning, get ready. Get ready to take the land. Get ready to take hold of those promises of God. Be strong and courageous. I say it again, be strong and very courageous. But don't let the word of God depart from your lips. Meditate on it day and night. 
but you won't have to do it alone because our God will be with you wherever you go. Lord God, we just thank you so much for this morning, Lord. We thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your promises. Lord, we thank you for the example of Joshua, Lord, and the example that you've given us to be able to look back and see you fulfill your promises, Lord. We know that after this scene, the very next scene, the walls of Jericho fall as you begin to fulfill your promises to give them the land. And though they had to march and though they had to still trust you, Lord, your promises were never thwarted. God, your promises are never thwarted in our lives either. And so, God, make us a people that are courageous. Make us a people that are strong, not just for ourselves, but for those around us that desperately need to know that there's a God in heaven who loves deeply, who cares intimately, and who never, never backs away from his promise. So, God, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you for our ability to open your word because of the freedom that we have in this country to do this openly, Lord. And I pray, Lord God, that any in this room, any under the sound of of my voice this morning, Lord, who is, who is feeling downtrodden, who's feeling beat down by life, Lord, who's feeling like the circumstances are just overwhelming, the waves are just crashing in over the top of them, Lord. God, I pray right now for that person in this place, God, that you will make your promise very, very real this morning. I am with you. I am with you wherever you go. You are not doing it alone. God, I pray that as a church body, we would surround one another and confidently go before the throne of grace. Lord, speaking promises, Lord, back to you. Lord, you promised that you will never leave us nor forsake us, Lord. And so we can stand on that, Lord. So we trust in that, Lord. Make us those kind of people, Lord. We don't minimize difficulty at all because we know that they come. We know that sin is real. We know that there's a real enemy that is out to steal, kill, and destroy. So we don't want to downplay difficulty. But neither do we want to downplay the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. For God, you are great. You are mighty. You are strong. And so, God, I just pray right now the promises, Lord, that were read. I pray that over us as your people and that you will fulfill each and every one of your promises in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Amen.